Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. It's been another absolute mad week in the National League and... uh, we're recording this on a Saturday morning, so we're all a bit out of sync at the minute because normally we record this on a Sunday, but obviously there was a, an, an almost full fixture list in the National League on Good Friday. Uh, joining me to review the action, it is Dickie Wharton. Hi, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. Good to see you. Uh, we have Rob Worrell. Hi, Rob. Yeah, hi, Luke. Hi, guys. Before we look at the action, there was sad news that broke on Thursday when Town announced that their Club captain Lee Collins had passed away at just at the age of 32. Tragically, tragically sad. And everyone here at NL Full-Time passes on our condolences to everyone at Yeovil Town and, of course, Lee Collins' family. Um, massively sad. There's not a lot else to say on that, is there, Rob, really? No, just one of those moments in... in, in the, well, one of those moments that puts football into perspective in terms of where it is in life, isn't it? Um I don't know any more behind it and um, it just sounds very tragic whatever's happened and uh, um, I'm, I'm sure all the National League clubs playing at home um, on Good Friday paid their tributes with a minute's silence. We certainly did at Aldershot and uh, um, Yeovil will be the next team to visit the EBB so I'm quite sure and quite appropriately we'll have another minute's silence for Lee Collins then. So we're going to head back to midweek briefly and uh, there was only two games in the midweek calendar, Solihull comfortably swept aside Wheelstone, but myself and Rob were at uh, Notts County against Aldershot for BBC Radio Surrey, but we were quite busy as well in the uh, sort of in the pre-match chatter as well. Uh, first of all, we caught up with Bromley manager Neil Smith, and he we had a good chat with him about obviously his surprise sacking over the last week. We've very kindly been joined by uh, Smudger Neil Smith, who was on the podcast just a few weeks ago. And uh, Neil, circumstances have changed somewhat since, haven't they? Uh, fair to say that not just the footballing world, but yourself were very surprised that uh, Bromley um, decided to uh, say goodbye to Neil Smith. Yeah, totally, totally shocked by it. Um, obviously, just getting over it now and, and, and trying to move on. But uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was gobsmacked when it when it happened. You know, we just got into seventh place. In the division, obviously we'd had a loss to Sutton on the Tuesday, but uh, up until then, I think we were second in the form guide. So yeah, real kick in the stomach. I guess your world's probably turned upside down in that time, hasn't it? A complete and utter change of of the the habits and the routines of ten years. Yeah, I was just talking to um, one of the other coaches who just phoned up asking how I was, and this time last week we we're preparing for Sutton top of the table. Uh, clash. What I would say is I'm, I'm humbled by the response I've had from one, the Bromley supporters who have been amazing um, and two, the footballing world of our division, you know, other managers that can compete with and go to war with on a Saturday and a Tuesday are phoning up, you know, they're just as gobsmacked as I am and uh, you know, it's very humbling at the moment. Neil, I must ask you because um, an appointment has been made by Bromley, uh, Andy Woodman, he's not somebody I know too too much about, what, what, what can you tell us? Because I know you right now, still care passionately about that football club? Of course I do. That, that's never going to go away. You know, it gave me the chance in the first place to to, to be there for 10 years. Andy, I've known uh, over a course of years, obviously playing against him. We were youth team um, counterparts. He was at Palace, I was at Tottenham. And then obviously he, played, he went to Northampton and played there while I was at Gillingham and Fulham. And so we, our pubs have always met. Um, Coaching-wise... I know he was taking, I think it was the Arsenal 18s, keepers and stuff like that. And he's been, obviously, Alan Pardew's goalkeeping coach wherever he's gone, goalkeeping coach. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly thought when, when I was sacked, you know, the obvious ones are Neil Wadley and maybe a Darren Curry coming in. So yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Um, but I think he's been in and around, you know, I think he might have gone for the interview five years ago. So I'm told, I'm, I'm not too sure when, I, when they gave, gave it to me. So um, yeah. Is his chance and it's his time. Yeah, tough one uh, for you to talk about. Thank you for attempting to, Neil. Um, two other areas we must talk about. Um, before we look at what's next for Neil Smith, let's just briefly look back on your achievements in 10 years. You've taken Bromley from a part-time club to a full-time club. You've uh, 
uh, staved off, you know, being at the wrong end of the table and and and, and largely finished in the top half uh, of the National League. And you've uh, proudly led your team out of Wembley as well. You must be very proud, not just of those records, but having left a club in seventh position in the league. A, a club that I went into that were training over the back of a park in Norman Park and we actually bagged, bags here, a place in the park, stuff like that. And we needed an area to train. You go over there early, you sort of bags here up to a facility that's second to none. It's, it's, it is league standard facility and it's only going to get better, you know, what the, what the chairman's plans are. So, you know, to build it from that two nights a week to a conference side that was facing relegations for two of the, you know, four years that we were, that I come into it to then getting in the playoffs, just missing out on the playoffs, then getting promotion as champions to then five years in this in this division, the highest we've ever been and, and being very, very competitive. You know, as I say, some of the calls that you're getting, you, you know, you're, you're, you're the most up-and-coming club outside of the league clubs that are in there. It's very, um, you know, emotional when you hear it. And, and I just feel that I wanted to finish it off. You know, I, I couldn't finish last season off because of the pandemic and it was all pulled short and points per game. And uh, I thought this year that I, I could actually try and achieve that playoffs. I, I think with a the squad they've got, they could be doing it. Okay, Neil. Um, and I know it's very, very early days, but uh, I know you're a footballing man, and we did talk a little bit off air earlier as well. Um, you're keen to keep getting to games, stay uh, in touch with everything at this level of football, and then hopefully uh, get back into the the management game sooner rather than later. Hundred percent. You know, I, I spoke to someone today, and you know, and they said, "Oh, you're going to have a couple of weeks out, just get your head together." I said, um, I think if you're down the bottom and you're getting beaten every week and it's getting on top of you and there is pressure, yeah, you probably might want two weeks out. But I, I don't, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was enjoying everything we were doing. I could see the momentum of the players. The players were giving me everything they've got, like they have done since I walked through the club, every player that I've ever coached or managed. Um, and I really believe, you know, with 14, 15 games to go, we could give it a real good push and get in the playoffs. So, I don't want to be out of it. I'm in that. I'm still in that mode of you know trying to prepare and, and do stuff. So I've had a couple of days, obviously, but uh, I want to get to games. I want to watch. I want to keep my eye in. I don't want to lose um, any sort of ground that I've got on on what players are available. And if anything happens, I'm ready to go. No, that's brilliant. And I certainly, from everybody here at the NL Full Time Podcast team, uh, we were all shocked. We all wish you well, and uh, certainly those of us that are involved in matches at, at this level. Okay. Neil, thank you so much for making time. Was up, you know that, Wara. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. we'll have, we'll have our time together. Don't worry. But thank you <laughs> so stuff. much for keep, for keep me in the limelight. Thank you. And that was Bramley manager Neil Smith, and him and Rob will go on their date eventually. Don't worry about that. And uh, <laughs> it was quite. We shared, a, we shared a little joke afterwards, actually. When uh, I have now penciled a date in the diary for, um, for, for Smudge to come and call a, a, a game with me. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, but we, we did add the proviso that if Klopp leaves Liverpool in the meantime and Smudge gets it, then, you know, I'll just have to wait. Yeah, but uh, he was very humble, wasn't he, as you heard there, still quite shocked about it. And, I mean, he was more sort of blown over by the messages he's had from his fellow managers, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, it, it's a tough one. Um, we're sort of... It's a little bit like, you know, you, you, you're broken up with your girlfriend, but there's still a lot of feeling there and she lives around the corner. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's one of those. We've probably all had one of those at some point in our life. Um, but Neil's, uh, you know, he, he's a robust character and uh, he'll come through this. And uh, I'm pretty sure he'll nail down a decent job pretty soon as well. And Rob was just grabbing his pre-match coffee and he saw an injured Notts County player, so he went over and, and, and stuck a, a microphone under his nose and, and here was the interview. We're joined by Notts County skipper Michael Doyle and uh, Michael, fair to say, uh, one of the stranger weeks of a very strange year. Yeah, it's, it's listen, football, it doesn't wait for nobody. It's, as I say, it's, it's constantly changing and undergoing. That's the, the week we've had and... Uh, they say you just carry on as players and, and you, you're trying to now focus on, on impressing a new manager. It's the way it is. And uh, as I say, we, we had a game Saturday, disappointing result in the end, you know, with the, the dangle and the carrot at Wembley. It was disappointing to go out as we did, but we've um, tried to address that now and, and look to put it right against Aldershot tonight. And for yourself, a slightly changing role as well, one you wouldn't have wanted really because you picked up an injury in that game, um, latest reports, you, it's improving by the hour and by the day, but yeah. uh, uh, you say Michael Dawes is a good healer. 
Yeah, well, that's it. I'm uh, I'm, I'm out for the for the for the, for the future. Yeah, yeah. So at the minute. Um, but I'll be pushing to try and get back as quick as quick as possible. But it's not really about myself, you know. It's about the team and just supporting the lads now and and trying to give them help them as much as possible and get some results. Hopefully, starting against your lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, you uh, you've been around football a little while, fair to say. Um, have you been at a club before? Uh, when the managers change, I'll, I'll be surprised oh, yeah. if you hadn't. Yeah, really. yeah, a lot of times, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's not a nice thing as a player because you've always got that sense of responsibility, and any player that's got a bit of professionalism about them or, or pride, you know, they they you know they'll feel hurt and they've let someone down, and and uh, that's always the way I felt, you know, I've never enjoyed seeing anybody getting a job, uh, losing their job, and uh, I've always tried to walk me hardest for them and give me all, and. Um, and it's just tough, you know, as I say. But again, as I say, it waits for no man football that if you there's a new manager in the next day and, and you can't dwell on the past, you you got to look to be impressing the new man or you'll be left behind. Yeah. That's the way it works, you know. It's yeah. the reality of football. It's cutthroat. I guess one of the tougher things about losing the FA Trophy game to Hornchurch is it kind of robbed you of that opportunity to get back to Wembley so soon and, 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 put, and lay some ghosts to rest on it. Yep, it did, but at the same time, you got to use it now to, you know, our, our aim at the start of the season wasn't to win the FA Trophy, and that's not being disrespectful, it was to, you know, get promoted out of this division, and uh, we were disappointed Saturday, but I think the main the main focus after the game and letting the lads sort of know was, listen, our season's still well in front of us, you know, we want to be at Wembley at the end of the season at the very least and getting promoted, you know, that has always been the aim and the target, nothing's changed, you know, we... we we done well to get to where we did in the in the FA Trophy, and uh, we are disappointed to come up short, you know. Especially with the opportunity we had on short at home. Let's let's be honest, it was a perfect toy for us, and that's not being disrespectful, but they deserve that on the day. Final question, uh, Michael. Um, you're 39 now, aren't you? Is that yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, now I'll trump you on one thing. I played till I was 43, but to be fair to you, it wasn't at this level. What I used over those last few years I played every single game like it was my last one is that the same sort of approach that you take to it um, no because I don't feel like you know that way I feel fit I feel strong and even little things like today in the gym I'm you know walking as hard as I, I got this sort of diagnosis yesterday and mm. I was relieved I was delighted so straight away it was strengthening up the calf straight away probably you're not saying doing stuff I shouldn't be but I'm punching right on them I'm pushing my body to the limit because since I got into my mid-thirties I've always thought when I've had injuries and that I'll play through them because I've had my time. So I'll always sort of play with the mentality, physio say, oh, you know, you could do this and that, it could be, I don't care, I've had my time, it's about now, you know, as I say, and with football, it's, um, I love it, I love playing, I love being around it and uh, you, you can't get enough of it, it's like a drug as I say, and uh, I am, you know, I'm at that other stage in my career as well where you start looking now maybe a little bit ahead. I probably should have been doing that 10 years ago. I'm very lucky at 39, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. I might make 43 like you. So, the fit, I mean, to be fair then, the club's focus now 100% on uh, finishing as high as you can and and uh, that most likely be mean being involved in the end of season playoffs and, and from your point of view to be back playing again before you get to that stage or by the time you get to that stage and, 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 and in position to be selected and maybe lift the playoff trophy at Wembley, why not? Well, eh? definitely, like, listen, we've, we've a lot of games left, you know. We, 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 we are the one team that's probably due to go on a run. We haven't hit a run this year. If you're going to get promoted, you need to do that. So there's loads to play for. Um, it's going to be a tough game tonight. You know, all the shot we've we've had some difficult games over the last couple of years, especially down especially there. Away, yeah, yeah. We we you know they're they're a tough team to to shake off. You know, we beat them here at home last year. I think two one. Um, well, be a trialed in that game. Yeah, as well. yeah, again, a difficult game tonight in a sense, but. We just got to focus on ourselves and drive forward and say the aim as as a squad was to get promoted and, and nothing's changed to say but you know there's no doubt every every game in this league is tough and as I say you see Saturday if you're not fully on your metal you get turned over you know so it'll be no no different tonight all the shot will be a lot better outfit than Hornchurch. Yeah and that was injured captain Michael Doyle and, and before the match started as well I kind of got a fan's perspective of it all it was Richard Smith he was he was commentating for uh, Nottingham Hospital Radio and he gave, gave his thoughts on, on whether he thought Notts County could get up this season we'll go back to last season talk about Wembley and I said do you feel that was your chance to, to go up uh, you, and your theory is now you might be stuck for a few years 
I, I think we are, yeah. I think maybe uh, next season, um, we did have a problem last season uh, at the start. We, we were so far behind everybody else's development-wise and signing players and this, that and the other. We didn't have a proper team until the Thursday before the season started on the Saturday. So to actually get through to the playoff final was, was immense. It was absolutely... I wouldn't say overachieving, but it was a terrific achievement for the players that were out there, and Neil Ardley, of course. Um, this season, we're expected to do one better and really take the league by storm. That's not really materialised, yeah. and that's ended up with Neil Ardley being out of work. Yeah, I mean, you're in the playoff spots, but there was always grumblings on Twitter about the performances and things like that, wasn't there? Yeah, they, they are. Uh, the players, just, just of late, in the last couple of months, have had the ability to um, forget what how to play football, um, which is... Which is a bit of a, a bit of a thing, isn't it? Really, um, yeah. It's no good if like no good that for a football club, is it? Not really, no, no. And and they need they need to um, sharpen up the game yeah. and, and cut out the silly mistakes. Um, uh, the manager will talk about focus, and they've lost that just on the odd occasion. And it came to the fore last Saturday in the FA Trophy uh, game against Hornchurch, yeah. which was a terrible experience for everybody concerned. Because you said you didn't feel Notts County played that badly, but they almost again shot themselves in the foot, didn't they? Well, that was it. They just switched off. Um, and two goals in injury time in either half for Hornchurch. Um, and then by the time we got round to penalties, they were a deflated bunch, were not. So just one of those things, I think. So it's psychological by the time it got to penalties then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they were, to be honest, they were, they were really good penalties from yeah. both sides. It was just that Jake Reeves um, put his into the keeper's arms. And um, unfortunately, that was the difference between the two teams on the day. New manager now then, and obviously he's a bit of an unknown name, but he's quite an exciting young name as well, isn't he? Because he's worked under Graham Potter at Brighton and uh, had a lot of success in Sweden. And How's the appointment been met amongst the Notts County fans? I think it's mixed. I think he's got to prove himself um, in, in this league and in this country. Uh, I think it's an exciting appointment, I really do. And um, I think um, that it's, it's a signal from the owners that they're trying to look ahead They've given him a four-year contract, both him and Maurice Ross. So um, they, they've they've got the future in mind, and I think it's trying to build something long term. So with all that done and dusted, it was a it was a magnificent three points for Aldershot in the end. Who got maybe what I mean? I think Rob was the only one who thought it was Stonewall. I was. It was kind of I thought I've seen him giving, and everyone else, including the BT guys yesterday, thought it was soft, but. They thoroughly deserved the win. All the shot at the bar. They had a couple of other efforts well saved. And Notts County were pretty pretty rubbish, it was fair to say, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah, Notts County, it was a difficult night. They were desperate to bounce back from the disappointment of the uh, FA Trophy exit um, against Hornchurch. And uh, Aldershot, who I remember a couple of midweeks ago, played at Halifax and they could have had they should have had. They could have had three penalties. They should have had two penalties. They didn't get given one. And then, as, as everybody rightly says, you know, having looked at it, a relatively soft one on Harry Paniatu. Uh, he went. He went. You know, moved into the box, and um, you know there was a little bit of contact. But I think it's one of those where 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 the striker's already looking for it before it happens. And uh, some people say that's cheating. Some people say it's cute. Uh, whatever we think is part of the game. Uh, and, and there was nobody there of Notts County who felt, apart from that unjust decision in the third, fourth mm-hmm. minute, that, that Notts County deserved anything out of those games. Uh, that game, Aldershot were, were, were lively uh, on the ball and uh, very resilient without it. And they thoroughly deserved their three points. It's great to be able to talk about an Aldershot win. It just feels a little bit hollow because obviously since then, they played again and lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, well, I mean, I got Ian Birchnell's thoughts. We heard all about him last week from our Nordic football expert and what he's like and what his teams will be like. But I managed to grab a word with him post-match as well after that 1-0 defeat. So Ian, two games. It's, it's been a tough start so far, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a tough start. I think the game on Saturday was disappointing, obviously, that we didn't, you know, but we, we addressed that. Um, but yeah, tonight I think is the, the first league game for me. I, of course, we wanted to start off with a win, but a um, difficult game. I thought they came up and set up well. They got that early penalty and after that we found it hard to break them down. I thought they defended very well. Do you think there's a lack of confidence in the squad? They seem to be, once he went behind... Maybe a little bit of that, but you know, it's, it's also when you're hoping to start the game in a positive way and then you have that come against you, then you've got to build yourself back into the game. And, and we, we, we can take a little bit more risk with the ball at times, but yeah, that can, that, that's going to come. Um, we just need a, um, 
you know, a little bit of positivity with a result, and I think that'll that'll turn for us. I just did you having a chat with Danny Sill then, and he sort of said like, "Who's made up?" It's a massive club, isn't it? Big expectations. You must be really made up to have got the job. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm really happy to be here. It's a fantastic football club, and I'm, I'm you know, really proud to be a, to be a part of it. But you know, it's a, mm. it's, an, it's been a crazy few days, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of work to do, um, and a lot of work with the players to do. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting stuck into that, really. We spoke to someone who's an expert in Scandinavian football and he said you like to play attacking football, you like to, even at 1-0, you're not going to sit back and hold on to that lead. What are you going to bring from, like, that you've learned over in Scandinavia? What can you bring to Notts County? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, certainly my teams have, have tried to do that. We don't do it every, every time yeah. because of, of, you know, that happens in football. But yeah, my intention is to, to try to attack games and be positive. But um, so... But that takes time, you know, you, um, to, to, to get the way in which you play across. Um, and, and in the meantime, we've really just got to, to, um, to try to find the solutions. Certainly when we play teams ho- at home that come and sit back, we've got to mm. find the solutions to break them down. I think that's what we found difficult today, was uh, to break down a, a team low that could counter. You're in the playoffs at the minute. The dream would be to, to finish the job off that they didn't do last year and get them in, back into the Football League. Yeah, I mean, short term, we want to, to establish ourselves in the playoffs and, and uh, of course, try to, to, to give ourselves an opportunity of, of, uh, of going up. But, you know, we, there's a lot of work to do and there's a lot of games to play, so we, we just focus on the next game. I don't think too far ahead. I just think now about Wrexham and, uh, and then we go from there. So moving on to Good Friday, and it was Notts County again. We might as well start with them because they had the early kickoff against Wrexham in what was a fairly turgid game, but... This time they came out the right side of it with a 1-0 win. And it was the man who gave away the penalty on Tuesday, Mark Ellis, who got the winner in the end. He, uh, poachers finished from a set piece. Um, big uh, big thing though for Notts County's Cal Wotton was sent off for two yellow cards. It looked quite a nasty injury. But Cal Wotton will be a big miss for them, won't they, Rob? But a vital three points. Well, if it is two yellows, then it's only one game. Dickie's itching to get in here. Yeah, no, it looked like I think it's it's two yellows in the in the report I've read as well. So um, yeah, whichever it is, Wotton's going to be missing for you know at least one game for Notts County, and he is a miss for them. Um, you know, there, there's there's an awful lot that uh, you know uh, goes through him, goes towards him, and and it's it's just another little challenge for Ian Birchall at the start of his um, his reign as Notts County manager. Two players who came on yesterday, Rob, who didn't play against Aldershot, he made a massive difference. Lewis Knight, who'd recently signed from Bradford Park Avenue, and Cal Roberts came on as well. And immediately they were getting the ball and running at players, which is what didn't happen against Aldershot. Yeah, they looked pedestrian, didn't they, against Aldershot? They had no real tempo about them. They also kind of backed up Aldershot a little bit and allowed them to pay, which to play, which was a little bit surprising. But uh, in, in kind of the reverse fortunes of what's happened to Aldershot since that game... Um, that was a massive, massive win. Massive three points. Everybody was in town to look at Notts County yesterday. Everybody's got the daggers out ready to say, well, his first game in charge, they lost the semi-final. Then they limped to a 1-0 defeat at home to Aldershot. You know, what a response. Um, I've yet to watch the highlights of that. I will catch up on it today. But uh, for Ian Birchnell... There aren't many, Rob, don't worry. <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter. And I'm sure I saw a tweet from, from Adam Summerton along those lines yesterday, he would have commentated on the game, I'm sure, with Adam Virgo. And uh, it was along the lines, it was just a massive, you know, massive statement because it wasn't any old team they beat. It was Wrexham who've been flying of late. Brilliant. I've finally quit. I can keep up with my kids now. I feel like I've got my life back. It's an amazing feeling when you stop smoking and you can experience it for yourself. Our range of free support can help you quit for good. From our app to emails, face-to-face support and online communities. Search smoke free. Better health. Let's do this. Interestingly, the only team in the top five who didn't win on Good Friday was Sutton, who drew nil nil against Boreham Wood. And Boreham Wood are the king of the draws at the minute. That's their sixth straight draw for them. I think. Yeah, they've they've drawn eight of their last nine. I must dig out the Luke Garrard interview after that one because I'm convinced that he'll say something along the lines of just replay one of my previous ones. But hey, come on. In credit, in fairness, and credit to to Bora Wood um, for the league leaders, the title favourites to come uh, to town and, uh, and and keep a clean sheet. That's that, that's a good draw for Bora Wood. 
Well, I was, I was saying, I was looking at the scores thinking it's going to flash up Sutton goal as we're getting closer to 90 minutes because they've done it so often this season and it wasn't quite for them. I mean, they have still got that cushion at the top of the table. Um, but one team, I mean, and they have got three games in hand on Hartlepool below. I mean, Hartlepool have now closed the gap to two points. They beat Dagenham Redbridge by two goals to one. And what, what I suppose what's pleasing for Dave Challoner is Luke Armstrong hasn't scored in the last couple of games, but other other people have it. It was Hollihan and Oates who got the goals on Good Friday. So they're starting to spread the goals around a little bit rather than relying on one man, which maybe they were a month ago, even though they were winning games. Yeah, and, and, and if you look at their home form, Hartlepool, it's up there, isn't it, with the best in the league. They had that strong run of, of, of wins there and they found a way again and... Uh, I haven't seen the goal yet, but funnily enough, on social media, I've seen the celebration. Somebody pointed their camera towards the players who all ran over. Um, and that's show and that feeling of togetherness. But uh, you're always going to get that, of course, when your team scored a vital goal. But uh, Hartlepool, uh, you know, Hartlepool and Sutton at the minute is, 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 is further apart than it's been. But it's a bit like Liverpool and Man City, where it's almost like you've got to win. You've got to win. You've got to win. You've got to keep finding a way to keep going. Uh, and Hartlepool and Notts County and... You know, they, they they found, the others up there found a way to win yesterday and, um, you know, just trim that gap to Sutton, which is still considerable when you take into account the, the games in hand. But from the neutral point of view, wouldn't it be great just to see four or five teams still going for the title with, with, with a month to go? It'd be amazing. I mean, I stuck my neck on the block for something that we're arranging in the next coming weeks. And I... I... I know you mentioned about prediction, Rob. I, I said Sutton will do a Macclesfield and stay there and everyone will think they'll fade, but I think they'll stay there. But I also predicted Wrexham for the playoffs, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, we, we didn't discuss this really and we'll put something out on Twitter, but is it time to maybe now it's all firmed up, reveal that uh, little event we've got coming up in a few weeks' time? Uh, we can do, yeah. Shall we uh, get the drum roll out? <laughs> well, uh, regular listeners to the podcast will know that we've had um, Adam Summerton, Adam Virgo and Jeff Brazier on this podcast on a number of occasions. We've never nabbed Matt Smith yet, uh, who presents most of the National League coverage, but uh, we have now arranged with all four of them to have a special podcast, which will be the NL full-time team against the BT Sport uh, football team. Uh, a quiz podcast coming up on, uh, we'll be recording it on the 18th of April, so coming up real soon. And in that podcast, we'll get every single one of us to nail our predictions for who's going to win the title and who's going to win the playoffs. There'll be about six weeks to go and it'll be there, recorded, uh, so we can all chuckle at it later. <laughs> are, we null, are we null and void in our early season predictions? Then? <laughs> no, that competition still stands. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, the, the one proviso, no sitting on the fence. No, it could be one of these three teams. We've all got a nail. We've all got a name, the team that we say that's going to win it, the team that's going to win the playoffs. And If, uh, if you null and void my predictions, I'm going to call for a vote of no confidence in your, <laughs> your spreadsheet abilities. Um, more on that, more on that sort of that story later about no, uh, about votes and no confidence and things like that. But yeah, stay tuned uh, for that quizzing. What's going to be an eventful? Uh, should be an eventful podcast. And one of the reasons Tom's not on again is uh, quite apart from all the calls upon his time at the moment, uh, he's uh, busy studying to put that quiz together and keep it as fair as possible. And out buying a spangly jacket as well. Um, <laughs> Old Larmay. I was just having a quick look yesterday. I think Sutton's draw yesterday was, uh, was something like their third draw in the last four games. So just that sign that I, I, I just didn't know whether it was just a sign that maybe just Sutton are just tightening up a little bit or whether other teams are now, we've spoken about teams having been alerted to Sutton now, you know, there's no hiding place They're at the top of the league. And are they just finding it that little bit more difficult? Um we don't know. They're, they're unbeaten in 13 games still, so their run is, you know, still tremendous. But they just have found it a little bit harder to, to win games in the, in, in, the, in the recent past. So um, that's worth keeping our eye on. And then you came back to Hartlepool as well. Um, 12 games since their last defeat now. They're unbeaten also in their last 12 games uh, at home. And they've won 11 of those 12 games. So it's not hard to see um, the foundation that Hartlepool's title challenge has been built on there. 
And that's the point that I'm making about the City and Liverpool comparison. They're just going on these long, unbeaten runs. And uh, look, come on, sometimes it's easier to be the chaser than it is to be the chased, isn't it? And and, and Hartley, um, sorry, Sutton, for a long time this season, we kind of talked about it with Matt Gray, went under the radar. But once they got on the, you know, to the top, um, they were there to be shot at. And, and that's why every single week now, come on, it's Sutton, league leaders. You know, we can do this. Um, what we have to remember as well, Sutton may be top of the league, but they're not in a different class to everybody else. They are in the same boat that they've got to get their approach right, their tactics right. They've got to show up on the day um, and they've got a battle to win the points every single week. And it is going to be a battle between now and the end of the season. That's why I brought in the Macclesfield comparison, because I know like every week we're saying, oh, they're not great, Macclesfield, they're not spectacular, but they just kept doing the job, didn't they? And eventually, nobody caught them. No, 100%. It's, it, it, it absolutely reminds me of when Macclesfield won the league. And um, I think it's that learning experience for us that stops us saying, oh, Sutton will get caught, you know? Because, um, because efficiency wins this league. Mm. Um, we're at a level of football where it's the side who make the least mistakes who 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 prevail. And, uh, you know, Sutton and Matt Gray are very, very good at that. And that's not to take anything yeah. away from them, by the way. They also, thoroughly why, why deserve people, to be where they are. I, sorry, I was just going to say, why do people think that Sutton will be caught? Because it's Sutton and not a big established ex-league club. Is that, is, that the only, is that the reason that people are chucking it out there going, oh, well, Sutton will be caught? I don't know. It I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure I've heard too I'm not sure I've heard too many people saying that Sutton will be caught, uh, if I'm honest. Um, I've not met too many. What do you think, Dickie, on this one? Um, no, it's it's not. a. a I, I know we've sort of started to talk about it again, but then, you know, we, it's only in the last few weeks, as I said, that we've started to talk about Sutton. I think we, you know, we always knew they were there or thereabouts, but this run that they've been on has just really, um, you know, catapulted them into they are favourites now, you'd have to say, with the games in hand. And, you know, that, that brings its own sort of pressure with it. And whether whether anybody's thinking is, well, you know, they're not used to this position, thinking that perhaps that some of the other big clubs at the top, where, whether you're a Wrexham, whether you're a Notts County, whether you're a Hartlepool to some extent, you know, as a, as a former football league club, that you're a little bit more used to dealing with that level of expectation um, and, and that playing for a, a, a club of that size who whose aim is not to be in the National League, is to get back into the EFL as soon as possible, than whether they're just a little bit more used to handling that than Sutton are. I don't know. that If, if that is, um, you know, perhaps fi- fi- figuring in some people's thinking, I don't know. But um, I know from a personal point of view, I, I just kind of look at it and, and, and see Sutton there as the only team out of those that haven't been in the Football League. And there's the, the romantic part of me want Sutton to succeed, not because of any ill will towards any of the others, but just, I think it's just a, a better story, isn't it? You know, a, a team, you know, taking a step that they've never taken before rather than, you know, one regaining a place that they lost. It's all that ill will affair though, isn't it, Dickie, eh? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe what goes in on our WhatsApp group now. Oh, if yeah. there was a, if there was a, NL full-time uncensored version. Oh God, Vicky, Vicky. Oh God. After, after the watershed, after the yeah, we do it after nine o'clock in the evening rather than nine o'clock in the morning. I think Luke, the uh, the the other stories really from from Good Friday really represent two sides who doggedly found a way to win late on in the second half to keep their their own challenges up, didn't they? Talky. Uh, with uh, a relatively late winner against uh, Woken and did you and see he scored though Rob as well? Yeah, Tarky Danny Wright's back, isn't he? Which is a big Danny Wright, eighty third minute goal for them. Um, that that will be symbolic of of them being back on track. But I think they have now won three out of the last four. I think, uh, or maybe definitely two out of the last three for sure. Um, and 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 somebody we must dwell on the king of the one nils, the George Graham of the National League in uh, 2021. James Rowe done it again. Chesterfield now up to sixth um, and uh, a winner on the hour mark against a very good Eastley side. Yeah, and it's, it's funny as well, isn't it, when teams win 1-0. When you're going well and your team's winning 1-0, you don't, you're don't you not bothered. Your fans want to see goals and things like that and, and swashbuckling performances. But if you grind out a 1-0 every week and it gets you success, 
you're not complaining, are you? Whereas if it's the other way around and you're grinding out one nil defeats, everyone wants your head. It just shows off fine margins in football, doesn't it? Yeah, everybody wants to see the performance from their side. Everybody wants to see their side scoring goals. And uh, but no, let's get this uh, very, very clear. Chesterfield fans w- will be absolutely loving the run. They'll take a one nil every week. James Rowe and his team can provide one because. They've had uh, quite a few years in the doldrums and, uh, you know, managerial appointments that initially have looked like they were going to happen and then they've faded away. Um, and um, I did have brief contact with James Rowe after yesterday's game and uh, he was really chuffed with it, not just because it's a tough place to go, but, you know, the run of games is catching up with them a little bit and I think they had five or six out injured yesterday, but they still found a way to go and get a 1-0 win. Dicky, Yeah, it, it... I think I was prompted by something I saw on Twitter yesterday and, and obviously Chesterfield have, have jumped into to sixth place, into the playoff places. Um, and just talking about the, again, t- coming back to talking about this job that James Rowe has done since he, he took charge. Appointed on the 26th of November um, in 21st place with just six points from nine matches. They've now got 48 points from 29 matches. So they've collected 42 points out of the 20 games they've played under James Rowe. Um, so, you know, they're averaging two points a game since he came in um, and they've catapulted themselves into into a playoff place. Now, there's people, one or two Chesterfield fans, I'm not saying they're getting overexcited. I don't blame them for being excited. You know, when you're on a run the way that they are, you know, can they make it? Can they, could they even get promoted after a start like that? I think the only thing I can see possibly there is, is Chesterfield's every now and again, they throw in a, a bit of a rogue result and they're, and they've not performed against the really, really top teams. I think they've, they've lost four um, under James Rowe, but they were to Sutton and they were to Stockport. They threw in an away loss at Maidenhead and they also lost to Solihull as well. So, you know, they, they're going fantastically well, fantastically well. Um, and knowing, James Rowe, as we do, and been on this podcast, I'm sure he won't be limit, limiting yeah. his ambitions. Um, He'll be hunting yeah. you down, Dicky. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's, you know, absolutely. Um, but it's just that question of can they can they make that? You know, you get into a playoff place and then all of a sudden, you know, people start to get excited, don't they? And um, yeah, absolutely, they could make it. You know, if you're averaging two points a game mm. and they've got, what, how many left to play? 17? Yeah, you know, they could still no, not seventeen because we're a couple of teams short, aren't we? So yeah, you know it's still there for them absolutely on the run that they're on. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to is, see. Is um, you always get a team with there's always a team with momentum. You come flying into the playoffs from nowhere and end up just going straight up. So that could be Chesterfield. But whatever happens with Chesterfield, the foundations are there now. James Rose laid those foundations. If they don't go up this year, they'll if they can keep that team together then they'll certainly be contenders next year, won't they? Yeah, he's at, Sorry, Graham. No, go on, Rob. Cheers, Dickie. Yeah, he's, he, he's at two... There's been quite a turnover of players, hasn't there? Whether it's the ones out furloughed, the ones coming in, uh, one or two long-term injuries as well. And he's managed, you know, he, he's, he's put these... Just to put that in perspective, what, what Dickie's just said there, 42 points. So, since he came in, They've got six points from nine games. That means that since Joe, James Rowe's been there, he's amassed more than every single team from 10th place down with a nine-game head start he's given them. That's phenomenal, to be honest with you. Uh, nothing short of that. And uh, what it does, it gives the top seven a massive, massive symmetry right now. You've got Sutton sitting top as the smaller unfancied side and then literally every single place two three four five six and seven is occupied by the big six clubs from this league I don't think I'm going to upset anybody by saying that Hartlepool, Torquay, Stockport, Notts County, Chesterfield and Wrexham I'm pretty sure would have the if there were fans allowed in the six biggest gates and uh, I just wonder is there something in that during the stop start year in the pan- in the pandemic is there something sat on the side uh, in terms of the resourcefulness of the bigger clubs to get through this? It's a fair question. You know, when you look at who's up there, you know, it, is there ability to withstand, you know, the, the pressures that all clubs have been under over the last, um, well, it's 12 months, isn't it? You know, but, but uh, 
looking back. Um, yeah, you'd have to say there might be something in that, 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 that they are just better set up to be able to, to, to weather that storm. Um, and, you know, nobody's going to want to play Chesterfield in the playoffs now. If they were to make it into the playoffs, even if they weren't to succeed, I, I think we could confidently predict from the run that they're on that there wouldn't be many teams fancying playing them. And if you think of the, the, the way Chesterfield was thought of at the start of the season, you know, six points from nine matches. And, and you look at, I think people were even talking about the possibility of Chesterfield being a National League North side next season. And James Rowe has put them in contention of potentially being back in the EFL, or, or if not that, then certainly amongst the favourites um, for promotion next season if they, if they happen not to achieve it this year. And, and yeah, it, it, it is a phenomenal um, piece of work. You know, I, it, that, that I'm sure there is a manager of the, of the year title um, for the National League, it tends to go to the manager who gets promotion. But you know, you've, you'd have to be talking about James Rowe in that in that context. And not to forget as well the job he did at Gloucester before that. I mean, they hardly. I think they lost one game, did they? Maybe even didn't lose a game when he was there. So he, he's had a phenomenal season at two clubs so far. Oh yeah, if you could stack the points he got at Gloucester on top of the ones he's got at Chesterfield, he would be peeking down from a le- very lofty perch right now. Exactly. The only other team to look at in the playoffs. Uh, oh, just to say thanks to James Rowe for retweeting the podcast last week and saying we're going to enjoy the we should enjoy the running because I'm sure we will do. Um, the only other team we've not mentioned in that playoff spot was Stockport County. You uh, you saw them firsthand, didn't you, Rob? Yesterday. Oh, did they play this weekend? Sorry. <laughs> who, who did yeah. they beat, Rob? <laughs> yeah. Um, look, very very efficient, very tough to break down. Uh, second best defense in the National League, of course, just 26 goals. Conceded now for them uh, in 30 games, less than one a game. Um, and Aldershot just kept knocking but couldn't find a way in. They didn't have their best performance yesterday, Aldershot. They weren't allowed to, really. You just look at the um, at the weapons that Stockport have got at their disposal. Uh, I guess we our, our hopes were slightly increased before the game when both Alex Reid and John Rooney were on the bench. That's 30 goals sitting on the bench. But... Um, the player who caught my eye was Jack Stretton, a young striker, 19-year-old on loan from Derby. He's now got three goals in his five games. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, Stockport, just from back to front, very, very solid. Great to see uh, Ryan Crosdale just in midfield there with Jack Collar. Um, and, and they look very, very well-placed. Aldershot, to be fair to them, you know, they got a goal back through that man, Josh Reese, with uh, sort of 15 minutes, 20 minutes to go. And they give it a right good go, but uh, they, 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 couldn't, uh, they couldn't break Stockport down and get a second. Would it be fair to say Aldershot played well, but Stockport were just slightly better, maybe had a bit more nows? No, Aldershot didn't play that well yesterday. Yeah. Not as, anyway. <laughs> no, no, Not to be then. fair. Yeah. yeah, no, just to be fair, Aldershot will be the first to admit Danny Sell will be the first to admit that uh, they weren't really able to to impose their game on Stockport yesterday. Um, but what he will have picked up on is that the character of the players, they never gave up. They never uh, admit defeat or the shot. They kept knocking on the door until the end. There wasn't enough quality about it, but there was a lot of heart and a lot of character. Um, and if you'd said to me a week ago, right, all the shot playing Notts County in Stockport now, Rob, would you take three points out of the six? I would have done, yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, we could, it could easily have been two defeats. It could easily have been a draw and a defeat. And so, yeah, I'll take three points from the two games. And a big result for Stockport. That I mean, everyone, I think everyone expected them because of the, the resources that they've outlaid over this season that they're going to blow teams away 4-5-0. But they're just, since Simon Russell's coming, they're just solid. They're just chipping away. All right, they've had the odd draw here and there, but the winning games were only by the odd goal. But as I mentioned, we've just been praising Chesterfield for that. So... You know, we can't really moan about Stockport doing it. Well, look, let's be honest. I'm, I, I, I'm Chris would be able to talk better about this because he's closer to it all at Stockport, but he's not available this morning. Um, I did have a good old uh, route through the uh, Stockport County message forums uh, on the train back from Aldershot yesterday, really, because I like to look and see what feedback there is on the stream and the commentary. What is evident to me is that Rusk is really starting from way back behind the line with the Stockport County fans. Uh, and I was surprised just this far down the road, how much still they're harping back for Jim Gannon and how they're almost, 
you know, the feeling was from a lot of those fans that um, Stockport County are doing well despite Simon Rusk, which I think is really harsh. He's unbeaten and they're unbeaten in six now. But it just gives you an idea of the strength of feeling that's still there, not happy about Gannon going. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, they're unbeaten Sorry. in the last six at the moment. You know, again, if we're talking about teams starting to put those unbeaten runs together, um, unbeaten in six and in the position that they're in, Simon Rusk's made a few subtle changes to the team as well in terms of who he's brought in. You know, we brought in the two loanees from Chorley and Elliot Newby and Harry Cardwell, and they've both been featuring. So, um, he's 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 perhaps made a few changes, maybe to suit players who better suit the style he wants to play, and they're still collecting points. But yeah, that 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 shadow of of Jim Gannon looms very very long at Edgeley Park. And also, just out of the teams in the playoffs, everyone's almost played the same amount of games. Apart from Hartlepool, who played three games more. So I know Manny just said he want points in the bag, and Dave Challen will be delighted where they are. But teams like Stockport County. I mean, Sutton, even though they're above Hartlepool, they've got three games in hand. Notts County have got uh, four in hand on Hartlepool. So five. Those, five, yeah. So they could, even more, yeah. So they could, like, Hartlepool, potentially, if they've just got to kind of sit and wait now and hope that teams drop points in those games in hand, don't they? Yeah, but also the positive for Hartlepool in having played 33 games, uh, three more than most of the others, or five more than Notts County, is that they're not going to have such a... Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, they're going to have a few uh, a few days where they can prepare for, for seven days for the next fixture. And uh, that'll be the positive that Chandler will be working on. Plus the fact that those points are in the bag. Not too many. Yes, teams can come past them. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. And I think it feels like the best title race we've had for a few years, boys. It was Andy Woodman's first game in charge. As we mentioned, he'd replaced Neil Smith at Bromley. And uh, it was fair to say the Knives would have been out after 18 minutes. They were two nil down. Uh, Ryan Gonda got the first goal for Wheelstone. And then Connor Smith added a second. But to be fair to them, they did come uh, They did come back. They got a goal back before half-time from Byron Webster. And then that man, Michael Cheek, was on the spot. Oh, new manager, same old from Michael Cheek. And he, he rescued a point for Bromley in the end. But... That's going to be, the Bromley fans will be looking at that, won't they, Rob? And, and just be kind of going, well, hold on, Wheelstone have been, they've not been in a great run of form recently and they've, they've come and taken a point at Bromley. Yeah, that would be a mass, massive relief to Woodman to have come back and got something out of that game because, um, you know, you, you, you need to make an impact when you first come in and 2-0 down at home to a, a tired and, a, you know, a, 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 a well kind of beaten recently. Wildston was not where they wanted to be, but credit to the team, credit to the manager for pulling that one round. And I, I think you're going to have a similar situation at Bromley, to be honest with you, as you've got a Stockport, different size clubs, obviously. But there's a lot of love for, for, for Smudger. And uh, um, in, in a way, the new managers can have to do even better um, in order to, to, to get the credit. Mark Yates doing a really good job at Solihull Moors. They won 2-0 away at Barnet. Yeah, he's starting to get it together there. It was um, it was three defeats in his first three games. Um, and of course, I think it was um, a 5-0 home loss to Stockport that, that eventually did for Jimmy Shan. So they were on a poor run up to that point. And it took a little bit of time for Mark Yates to, to turn, start to turn that around. But yeah, three wins in a row. Um, since that point and um you know i don't think sorry all this certainly not you know they're not going to be playoff contenders this season but you know is mark yates potentially positioning himself to give you know the board at Stourbridge a decision to have to make and the board at Solihull a decision to have to make over where he's going to be managing next season um you know it, it was only a temporary arrangement but if it goes well I suppose I've always had in my mind you know could it become a more permanent one who knows Dickie what I've also noticed about those three wins I think a 1-0 a 3-0 and a 2-0 so uh, no goals conceded and uh you know, Mark Yates really dogged. He, he, first of all, he'd make his side hard to beat. And, and, and then, as I say, he probably had a kind run of fixtures. They caught all the shot on an off day and they played Barnet yesterday. Most teams are getting past at the moment. But it's little things like that that just help. You know, you get the first win and then a couple of wins. And, uh, um, yeah, who, who knows? If he can finish on the up there, then he gives everybody all the right kind of predicaments, doesn't it? Yeah, we talked about messy divorces and, and splits. Well, Mark Yates has been, uh, they've allowed him back into the marital home, haven't they? And he's, uh, he's doing a good job at the minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, but his new missus isn't very happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other game... Uh, as well was an entertaining game and a really good win for Weymouth. They came from behind to beat 10-man Maidenhead who were back-to-back games now after winning the previous two before that. And Weymouth, I thought they ran a decent one. They've, they've, they've lost a couple, they've drawn one and now they've won two. The, it's a very mixed bag from Weymouth, but they're, uh, again, I think they're laying good foundations for next year under Brian Stott. You can kind of see what they're trying to do and the results they've got. Although they have had a big help in that they've got Andrew Dallas on loan from Cambridge United at the minute. But to two really, really late goals there as well. Yeah, and, and, and what Weymouth epitomised for me is I think they are the club that was down at the wrong end that said, woohoo, no relegation. Let's let the shackles off now and let's go for it. And that's what uh, James Rowe was really worried about when Chesterfield went there. Uh, a week or so ago, he was delighted with that. Another uh, oh, 1-0 win, yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, Dallas has made the difference in terms of the goal. And that was really late. 90 plus six penalty turning that one round. And uh, that would have been a, a crushing blow for Maidenhead because we're talking about the league positions and the games in hand and everything else. And Maidenhead, you know, that result aside, they're very well placed. They've got two or three games in hand and they are not out of this. They could be the team that spoils it for the big guns and uh, sneaks into the playoffs. And uh, of course, we mentioned Alton Ventiovo was called off because of that tragic, uh, tragic circumstances over the weekend. So there's been, uh, there's been a call of vote and no confidence for the National League board, Dickie. In one minute, tell us why. Go. Um, uh, yeah, it's essentially a, a letter that's been put forward by uh, Maidstone United uh, uh, and backed also by Dorking. Um, and, and put simply, it, it's a vote of no confidence in the board for the way that they've they've handled things, such as the funds distribution. Um, I, I think that's that's the thing it all stems from, isn't it? Ultimately, is that is that issue around the distribution of funds? Um, every other decision that they've ever kind of that they've made from that point onward has, has kind of really stemmed from that um i suppose the only comment i've got on it is if you do replace the board who do you replace them with um that uh we'll we'll have to see i've seen comments saying that the agm in um june um or july whenever that happens is uh is going to be a particularly fractious affair this year i would think yeah oh, cheers sorry. rob thanks for joining us yeah, cheerio, guys. Enjoy the second bout of football over this weekend on Monday. And uh, thanks as well to you, Dickie. You're very welcome. It's always good to be in your company. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcasting platforms. Give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. We're on Instagram now as well at NL Full Time. And we have got an email address, which I don't always mention to you, although I know not everybody is on social media listening to this podcast. It's nlfulltime at gmail.com. Until then, look after yourselves and uh, enjoy your Easter holiday football. Music.